You must have unshakable belief in yourself and what you're trying to execute. It's the people that take action that separates the successful from the non-successful. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 77, and today I'm chatting with a wonderful human named Sunny McGraw. Sunny is a marketing and mindset coach for women in their prime. She has worked with some of the biggest brands like Coke, Starbucks, and Ford. She founded her business today, Sunny McGraw Marketing, at age 50, and she is a living model of the fact that it is never too late to follow your dreams. I loved having the opportunity to chat with Sunny. One of my favorite moments on the podcast was the fact that we all only need one simple thing to succeed at entrepreneurship. So let's tune in, open that notes app, grab your favorite notebook, because there are some real powerful nuggets in today's episode that you are going to want to write down. Hello, Sunny. Thank you so much for joining us on the Duo On Air podcast. Hi, Abby. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. We are excited. And by we, I say that virtually as in Courtney is here in spirit with me. Very excited to be chatting with you as well. (laughs) Uh, So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and your business, just so we can kind of hear who you are and where you came from. Awesome. So my name is Sunny McGon. I'm from Toronto, Canada. That's where I'm calling in from today. And I have been fortunate most of my adult career, most of my professional career to work in an industry that fires me up in marketing. And I have loved it every day, despite the ups and downs and the challenges um, that go along with it. It's been a wonderful career. And uh, I have worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. I've been very fortunate. So I've worked with Starbucks, uh, Coke, Pepsi, the Toronto Film Festival, uh, the Toronto Raptors, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Ford, uh, GM, Greenpeace, it goes on. And I, uh, because I've had a long career, because I've been in this for 25 years. Um, and when I was about 39 years old, I had a really great thing happen. I became a creative director in an advertising and marketing agency. And why that's, um, well, it was a big deal for a couple of reasons. Uh, I was a mom. I had taken a few years off. I am a mom. I had taken a few years off to raise babies. And when I'd gone back to work, I never thought that I would rise up that ladder. And I'm sure most women can relate to that. Um, And at the time, only 3% of creative directors in Canada were women. Now we're up to a smashing 11%. So it's, I know, it's a a little, it's a lot to take. But uh, I was very happy and honored to to get that, uh, that promotion. And... Uh, so I did that role for a couple of years. And strangely, as much as that role looked like a great thing on paper, I had a great big team. I had a nice big budget. I worked for big, uh, big clients and there was some glamour involved. There were award shows. But the higher up the ladder I went, Abby, 
the less connected to my purpose and my values I felt. And I, I feel like you can relate to this from being corporate and, and, and getting out of there. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an aha moment and I'll share it with you. I was working for a, uh, a snacking company that will remain nameless. And I realized um, that on our staff, we had a psychologist whose main role was to determine when working moms felt the most guilty because that was the day of the week that we could sell them the most bubbly pop and the saltiest snacks and the sweetest, you know, not such good snacks to snack on. And I was blown away with guilt. I thought I'm I'm doing this to other women, these women who feel vulnerable and guilty because they're not doing enough for their families, they're not doing enough for their work. And I gave my resignation that week and never went back to corporate. Um, and I I had uh, had my toe in entrepreneurship my whole life. So from that time on, I've been working in entrepreneurship. So in small teams, in partnerships or on my own. And now I am on my own with Sunny McGaw Marketing. So that's awesome. the background story. That, yeah, that, <laughs> we have very similar backgrounds in terms of, yeah, where we came from in the marketing, which marketing world, it, that's a lot of what people imagine it being like too, of like the, the sleaziness of like, or how to trick people like people. Uh. And I feel like that's a very common misconception with marketing is that it's all, it's about tricking people into buying your product and giving you their money, you know, um, which is mm-hmm. something that obviously we don't believe in <laughs> because Absolutely we would not be not. doing that. Right? <laughs> no. Oh, no. so yeah, I think we all, we all feel that. And it is a hard hill to climb, like the climb of teaching people that like marketing isn't that way. And it's really about like when you have a good value and you have a good foundation of what you have to offer, like marketing can be great. It's like you shouting from the rooftop because you truly believe in what it is that you are selling and you believe it's going to make a difference. And the second you realize that, or the, if you have that aha moment where it's not going to make a difference or like you have this moment where you realize that like you don't feel good about what you're selling or what you're creating. That's the moment when then you need to readjust, right? Yep. Absolutely. Pivot. (laughs) So I'm saying it. Um, I think this, I think that was really well said. And I liked what you, what you, what you said there about, um, about the change. And one thing that gives me a lot of hope is this next generation that's coming up. There's a stat that I read recently that said, generation said, is six times more likely to buy from a purpose-driven brand than a non-purpose-driven brand. And that's, that's really, that's full of hope, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. yeah, yes. that, that makes agree. me feel happy for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no, I mean, and it's also, it's partly like you can't compete in the convenience and cost because Amazon won that space. They won that space a long time ago, right? Yep. With mm-hmm. the majority of things out there. Um, you, that's not what you compete with anymore because that's where people turn to when they want convenience and they want a cost-free solution. If you want to truly like create that connection with people, you need to understand your brand purpose and your brand values and like why you're doing what you're doing. And that can make such a difference with just everything, everything else you do, like the content you create, the new products you want to build, where you want to go. Like it makes such a difference when you have that foundation. Isn't that a nice thing about working with entrepreneurs? Because we know they're doing mm-hmm. it because they're, they've got a fire in them because it's certainly not the easiest route. So they're doing it yes. because they feel 
purpose. They feel drawn to that purpose. For real. Yeah. So tell me about the clients that you work with now. Like who are some of the people that you work with now and how does that kind of differ from your past life? So uh, great question. I work almost exclusively with women entrepreneurs in their prime. Now, you might wonder what is in their prime. That's a word I've coined, I think. Um, used to be uh, women in midlife, but I found that to be like a little bit drab and a little bit sad. So I've decided that women in their prime, um, and there are lots of entrepreneurs this age, Abby, who are women who've um, they've raised a family. They probably had a career. They had an education. They had a career. They stopped. They raised a family. And now they're now they've got time. This is their time. They've got time on their hands. They've often been thinking about an idea or a solution that they want to test out in the world for a couple of years. They often have resources. They often have money. So it's a really exciting demographic. And six uh, is it entrepreneurs over 60 are three times more likely to be successful than entrepreneurs in their 20s. Wow. I know right? Life experience yeah. <laughs> comes in to play. So it's, uh, those are the, the entrepreneurs that I typically am working with right now. And I just, I really love this demographic. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. So when they're first coming to work with you, what would you say are like some of the biggest things that are kind of holding them back? Like, are they struggling with how to market their business or what, where is it that you're kind of guiding them? So I, I thought, so when I started this um, a couple of years ago, I started doing, I've always been freelancing, but uh, on the side, side hustle, side gigs. But when I started um, working exclusively in marketing a couple of years ago, I thought it would be strictly marketing challenges. But what I soon realized was that entrepreneurs or startup founders can have the greatest product or, or um, service in the business. They can have a great uh, team, a dream team. They can have funding out the wazoo. They can ha have all of these things and a great business plan. But if they didn't have a success mindset, they it was all for nothing. So now what I end up working on just as much as marketing is helping entrepreneurs with a success mindset. And so I've come up with a framework for that and I call it the You Slay Framework. And I'll just tell you Love quickly it. what it is. Yes. So the you is for belief in yourself. So it's the word you. You must have unshakable belief in yourself and what you're trying to execute to be successful. We know that. And there's plenty of um, tactics and tools that I teach people to build up and fortify their confidence in themselves so that they can be successful. Uh, the S is for your squad. So even solopreneurs or duos like yourself, you know that it's you need a squad. You need a team around you. Um, for brainstorming, for feedback, for ideation. And also we know that we're the sum of the five people we spend the most time with, right? And it's not the five people we admire the most or the five people we like the most, but it's the five people we spend the most time with. So I really encourage that you curate that team or that squad really carefully and really consider who you take feedback from, right? Because there's all kinds of people in the ring, especially in social media, who want to toss mm -hmm. ideas your way. And you've got to really think about who you're going to take that feedback from. And as a rule of thumb, I say, you got to be in the ring with me. As Brene Brown says, you got to be in the ring with me getting dirty if you want me to respect your feedback. And also people who want to see you succeed. You know, the, you don't need yes people, but you do need people who are cheering for your success in the long run, even if they're giving you short, um, in the short term, some tough feedback. Mm -hmm. 
L um, in the use site is for laser focused. So be laser focused on your goals. It's uh, very easy to get caught up in shiny, um, shiny object syndrome these days, especially with, you know, just media pouring on our heads all the time. And so one tactic I love here is inspired by Warren Buffett, which is that when you have your goal, write down 10 or 15 steps that are going to help you get to your goal. Once you've written on those 10 or 15 steps, itemize them. Put number one, two, three through 15, saying this is the most important one, the second most, the third most, et cetera. Then take those 15, take number one, two, one, two, and three, and put them over here in the important pile and take the rest of them, throw them away, and never look at them again until you've got numbers one through three done. And that is so helpful for keeping the main thing the main thing. Because otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, it's entrepreneurs, it's so easy to go down rabbit holes. Um, the A is for have a bias for action. Uh, did you take many courses over the COVID period? Oh, goodness, probably. Because <laughs> it's so long ago. It's just, yeah, just blacked <laughs> out, right? Um, yeah, pro a couple we did for sure. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people really got into online learning. Yeah. So, I, and I was no different. I, one of the best courses I ever took though, and best things I've ever done in my life was I took Seth Godin's Alt-MBA. And in, in that, one of, the, one of the core pillars, one of the core learnings is ship it, ship it. Meaning get your idea out into the world. There's no point in having an idea sitting on paper or in your drawer, get your idea out into the world, test it, get real world feedback, iterate and get back out into the world. So that's what I mean by have a bias for action. Ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the people that take action that separates the successful from the non-successful. And the last one is why for your expectations, because I really do think it's important to set high, high expectations. And by that, I don't mean you can't take small steps to get there, but you need a goal that's really going to stir your soul. That's really going to be magic to you. That's really going to be purposeful and it's going to stand the test of time when days are rough. So I like the expression BHAG by Jim Collins. You have to set a BHAG. That stands for big, hairy, audacious goal. I love acronyms. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that whatever goal you're setting, you don't want it to be a mediocre goal. You want it to be a really, really big, hairy, audacious goal. So that's mm -hmm. the framework. That's the, the sort of top line um, mindset, success mindset stuff that I teach. Yeah, that's awesome. I think there are so many things in there too that I can pull out and just be like, yes, there each each one of those letters stands for something, right? Um, yeah. but I think with the one, so you talked about um, I can't remember what uh what one it was at this point, but it's just about taking action, right? Yeah. And like just people who take action see success, which is so true. And I think we get so bogged down in that long list, the long list of like everything you have to do, right? As an entrepreneur, if you get an idea, you get an idea for a new course, a new product to sell, a new offering. Then you think about, oh, I need a sales page. Oh, I need a like launch plan. Oh, I need to actually create the content. Oh, I need to make sure that I have a free resource that draws in people. Like, right, you just yeah. start accumulating <laughs> the list of all the things that you need. How do you work with your clients to really just like, how how do you help your clients take action without getting buried under the list of like, because then you get to the point where it's so overwhelming that you don't take action, right? Yes. Uh, well, I think the word no 
is really important. Um, <laughs> boundaries, like, you know, having a to-do list is great. Having a not to-do list is even more important. So mm -hmm. you really have to learn to say no and draw boundaries when people might, you know, would you like to be on this podcast or would you, can you do, do this little side job for me? Whatever that might be, if it's not going to help you move your needle, that you have to say no to it right now. And this is, you can do it politely and you can do it kindly, but you know, drawing boundaries is a big one. Um, mm -hmm. And as far as testing things out without going down that huge long list that you, that you went through, uh, I like the idea of MVP, a minimum viable product. So if you're not sure something's gonna work in the world, you, you should test it, you know, get, get it out there and not just with uh, a focus group or um, people that you might work with. Hey, do you think this is a good idea? Sure, it's a great idea. No, you have to test it with a real world audience, test something minimal. If you see traction on that, then you go forward. But there's going to be a lot of things that don't merit that long list of things that don't merit the sales page and the lead magnet and all of those items. So testing something small, seeing if it works, iterating, and then either moving on it or not moving on it. I think that's really important. Yeah, for sure. And when you test something at a smaller scale too, then your expectations, like you said, are a little bit more in check. Whereas if we spend all this time, right, doing all of these crazy launches and like getting things in the world and spending oodles of time on it just to be met with unrealistic expectations or to be met, you know, at a point where then you feel disappointed in yourself. Like I think, by taking those steps, like you're helping then get to the point where like you're growing, you're growing in a way that feels really good. And you're not just like working in a silo and not getting out there. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And no need to feel bad about yourself. And that's, that is probably another thing that I, um, that's worth talking about is that when I worked in corporate, if I ever encountered somebody, if I was interviewing and I ever encountered somebody who said, I really haven't had a significant failure or I can't remember a significant failure. I would run, not walk, run the other direction because in entrepreneurship, you should be having quote unquote failures, right? You should be meeting challenges that you do not know what to do with. And that's part of it. If, if you're not doing that, you're not really an entrepreneur. So it's how do you deal with those things when something flops? You know, if you, a client of mine so started a restaurant didn't go too well well you could say I'm just not restaurant material or you could say I haven't figured it out quite yet and that word is magic right mm -hmm. that's the growth mindset to the fixed mindset so figuring out you know if you want to keep if you, if you still have that dream you still have that goal which she certainly does figuring out how to how to mourn the loss and move on mm -hmm. that's yes. key yeah, we have witnessed that ourselves in our own business. Absolutely. Like we've, and we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast too, of how last at the end of last year, we were launching a mastermind. And that was one of the things that we thought this was the next game changer for our business. And it was something we were so excited about. And we launched the program and we did it and we were a few months in and we realized it wasn't what we wanted. And so we had to have this point where we were like, what do we do now? Like, we need to figure this out. We need to make sure that we like realign, reground ourselves on what it is that we're doing, what our business stands for. But you could look at it and I I still don't classify that as a failure. Like by no means do I think that was a failure. I think that was a huge guide for us as an agency to understand how we wanted to grow our agency. 
And it helped us realize that retained clients is not what we want to do. But we would not have known that had we not taken that opportunity to actually test it out and test the water. So I think Bam, that's something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't it's have known so, it. And it's, I will say like those kind of moments too, like it wasn't easy. We struggled for months, like trying to figure it out, but then you use that as a guide and you move forward with it. And it's not by any means a failure. And I think everyone has those kind of journeys in their business. Everyone, everyone ought to really mm -hmm. everyone ought mm -hmm. to, right? Um, because yeah, I like the expression. I think it was Arianna Huffington who said success isn't the opposite of, or sorry, failure isn't the opposite of success. It's part of it. It's a stepping stone. And mm -hmm. she's a great example. And I think that's, that's one of the first steps I suggest to a client when they've had a quote unquote failure is let's take a look around for a quick moment at other famous failures. You know, the JK Rowling is very famous. Arianna Huffington, she tried to get her second book published 34 times. And then when she ran for governor of California, she got less than 1% of the vote. You know, and then she, she went on to use that learning to find mm -hmm. found the uh, Huffington Post. So there's no shortage. And if you think of it as what am I here to learn? You know, and not every learning experience is going to be a delight, but it's going to give you it's going to fortify you. Um, then, yeah, that's the, just the mind. That's the mindset that's going to that's the Angela Duckworth. That's the, the grit that's going to get you back on that horse. Right. Yes. Yes. That's so important. I think taking a look back at failures or it's quote unquote failures. Right. Um, taking a look back and then understanding like, what did I learn in that moment? And how can yeah. I then take those learnings and apply them to what I'm going to do moving forward? Because we yeah. don't need to keep making the same mistake over and over again. It's you, you take it, you digest it, you understand, and then you move past it and take the lessons with it that you can. Yes. I, I love that. And I, uh, a, a new thing that I'm, I'm trying out is to condense that time. <laughs> so that time that you spend sort of readjusting and maybe feeling a little bit bad, what would it be like if instead of being six months, it became two, you know, just mm -hmm. really just deciding for yourself, I'm going to compartmentalize and compact this period of time. I'm not sure. It's, it's a work in progress. I'll let you know how it goes, Abby. Yeah. But I think that, I think I've, I've read enough stories about high performers um, to know that that is one thing that they, they do. They actively say, if this isn't going to matter in five years, I'm not going to give it more than five minutes of my attention. Mm -hmm. That's pretty magical. Yeah, that is magical. And I think if you have a clear mission and vision on your business, then you can make those calls really, really quickly to then decide whether it's worth it for you to continue pursuing or not. So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that we have been talking a little bit about is overall like confidence and being confident in marketing your business and your offer. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I find too, a lot of times in the SEO world, which is where I live, like uh -huh. that a lot of people struggle with that. And that's a huge part of just like understanding what it is and the jargon. And like, once you do that, then you can kind of bust past that confidence. So when you are working with your clients um, and even just like with yourself and your own business, what do you feel like are some like tangible things we can do to feel more confident when it comes to actually marketing our offers? Oh, that's a great question. To feel more confident. Well, fortunately, one of the uh, entrepreneurial ventures I've had in recent years was with 
a world famous confidence coach. His name is Dr. Ivan Joseph. He has a TED talk that has, I think it's 27 million views now, and it's called The Scale of Self-Confidence. And he's my high school friend and my business partner. So I've had a lot of, I've been able to rub shoulders with somebody who knows a lot about confidence. And there's certainly, you know, millions of, of uh, tips and tricks. But one thing I'd say is don't take it too seriously. And when I say that, I don't mean be haphazard or be loosey-goosey, but I mean, we are receiving so much messaging all the time that when I see someone spending 45 minutes thinking about what to write on their Instagram post, I think, oh my goodness, it is not, it is not, it does not merit that. It does not merit that. If you're offering at large, if your idea, your product, your service is of value, then that's going to come through. And that's what I mean by don't take it too seriously. I mean, don't get bogged down in the minutia. Don't get bogged down in the weeds of what you're saying, but more you have a great offering. You're serving a community of people that you care about and showing up every day is so much more important than every little detail being correct. Because we know that perfection, perfectionism, I've heard you talk about this many times, perfectionism mm -hmm. is the enemy. It is the opposite of progress. And when we get too bogged down in, um, too weighed down in making things perfect, it's really hard to go forward confidently. And, you know, I certainly hear a lot of, of women talking about imposter syndrome. My goodness, it's like the hot, well, it's, maybe it's jump the shark now, but it's certainly a very hot topic, right? And again, I say, I, I truly believe everybody has imposter syndrome. I think the stats would say 70% of people, but I think that's just the people who are admitting it. Mm -hmm. And again, we're in good company. Michelle Obama, uh, Tina Fey, um, Serena Williams, they've all admitted to lacking confidence in their skill. Mm -hmm. So if they lack confidence in their skill, well, of course we're going to at times, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think, so I think it's important to just sort of recognize that it's ubiquitous. We all have some troubles with feeling confident and to not take it too seriously, to have fun with it and to honor what we're offering to the world. Yes. Yeah. I have learned something just within our own business too. Um, when it comes to that, like when we're having these moments of imposter syndrome and just really these like poor, like just having bad confidence in the offerings that we have, usually I find that I'm consuming too much content. I'm doing ah. less and I'm consuming more. And yes. It's really what we have and what we have to like put out in the world. You don't need validation from an Instagram scroll. You don't need to go see what else is on Pinterest. You don't need to go see what else is even on Google. Like that's coming from the SEO expert. <laughs> um, but yeah. you don't need to validate it. If you have an idea, you know your audience, you know your offerings, you know what it is, like the magic that you have to offer. And mm -hmm. I think it's less about finding that validation and consuming content to feel validated. And it's just about taking action and getting your offer out there. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Taking action. And there's going to be people who say great things about you. There are going to be thing, people who say crummy things about you. Honestly, I try to ignore it all. If mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm, offering value to the world, then the good, bad, and the ugly, that's fine. That's, that's your gig. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't need it one way or the other. Yeah. So yes. that's, Agreed. that is important. That comes with age. <laughs> I don't think I felt like that when I was 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that is definitely true. There are definitely moments where I feel, I feel 
there's two sides of me where I'm like, oh, I really, really want to educate myself on more and I want to connect with more people and I listen to more podcasts. I want to read more books. And a year, I don't know if it was a year ago. It was probably during COVID, right? I, you asked about courses and I think I just read every book in the history of books. Like I just read and read yeah. and read and I loved it and I consumed. And I got to a point where by the end of that year, I no longer enjoyed reading like I used to, because again, I was consuming too much content. It was all of a sudden not helpful anymore. And I still do love, I love a good like business book, self-help book, like all of that, love all of that content, but it comes, you can't just do it all the time. You have to learn from yourself, like when you need to take breaks, when you need to be taking action and when you need to, when is time to consume content versus when is time just to like, let it go. And I think that's something that really affects us as entrepreneurs of like figuring out like if something, if there's something holding you back from launching your next thing, it mm -hmm. could be that you're sitting in the space of feeling unconfident or having imposter syndrome and then asking yourself why you're feeling that way. Are you feeling that way because you're too busy watching everyone else and you're too busy like watching other people succeed and that's why you're feeling that way? Or are you truly feeling that way because your offer doesn't align with your brand vision? And asking yourself those questions, it's usually going to be one or the other. It doesn't align mm -hmm. or you're too busy watching what else is happening that you're not taking action. And it sounds like you can make a pretty quick decision once you've answered that question, mm -hmm. if you're going to move forward. I like that because I don't think imposter syndrome is necessarily our enemy. You know, I don't think I used to have the approach that I wanted to quiet that negative voice. I wanted to shush that negative voice inside my head. But um, you may have read uh, Sapiens. And I can't remember the author's name. It was Barack Obama's favorite book a couple of years ago. Wonderful book. Mm -hmm. And it talked about um, how that's our reptilian brain keeping us safe, right? Because new things, that's dangerous, mm -hmm. right? So if you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, that's dangerous. That's where the saber-toothed tigers are. But, and our, our brain still says that, right? And that's that anxiety of like public speaking or anything new. We feel imposter syndrome. We feel like we can't do it. So I just try to say to that voice in my head now, thanks for trying to keep me safe. I'm going to let you go over there now because I've got this. And then move forward. And it, that's if I've answered the question that you asked first, which is, yes, it does align with my goals and I'm going to move forward. Um, because there's also, sorry, I'm going to say one more book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Um, she says, yeah, artists get caught up in consuming. We get caught up in reading and reading and reading instead of creating. And cre because that first step to create is so hard, right? Mm -hmm. It's just so, it's just so hard. It's so much easier to consume. So to be a great artist or creator, quote unquote, you got to put down the book, you mm -hmm. stop reading, stop consuming. It's hard. Yes, it is really hard. I struggle hard. with that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all, scary. my friend? Don't we all? <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Yeah. Um, do you have any other kind of closing tips or anything else that you kind of want to leave leave everyone with? I know we talked about so much from confidence to just overall, you know, imposter syndrome and everything, but I'd love to capture any uh, last thoughts. Well, I thank you. I, I like to say I was thinking about um you know my origin story earlier today to uh, in preparation to, to speaking with you and I was thinking about my family you know what why am I 
uh, who I am. I think a lot of us are who we are, largely from family we were raised with. And I was, I was raised by two, I like to say, professional optimists. My dad raised us with Dale Carnegie quotes and uh, Winston Churchill. And my mom, um, the worst word you could say in my house was bored. That was worse than a swear word. You know, <laughs> she was very, very encouraging and like solve the problem, be creative, get out there. And um, so I was thinking about positivity. And I do think that overall, one of the best mindset things you can do is wake up in the morning and just simply decide that today is going to be a good day. Don't wonder if it's going to be a good day. Simply say, this is going to be a wonderful day. Because you, if you have the opportunity to see something positively or not positively, always choose positively. And you always have that choice. So that's what I'd, I'd leave you with. Yes, I love that. I say that to my little boys almost every morning where I'm like, are we going to have a good day today? Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> we sure are. And I think it's a good reminder to if you do that in your life to other people, you should really do that to yourself too. Oh, your boys are so lucky. That's great. They're going to grow <laughs> up to be optimists. I love it. Uh, hopefully. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell everyone where they can go to find you, where you like to hang out and all those things. Okay. Thanks so much, Abby. Um, you can find me at my website, thesunnymaga.com. And I'm also very active on Instagram, on TikTok and on LinkedIn. And I do have um, some free resources on my website, as well as a mini course on rapid fire content creation. And it's pretty exciting. And I've heard really good reviews about it so far. So give it a try and reach out. I'd love to connect with anybody um, in your amazing audience. Awesome. I love it. We will put all of those links in the show notes so people can access them. And yeah, thank you so much, Sunny, for being here. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.